This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, everyone. Thanks for clicking on Look West. I'm Don Andrews. With me is Trinidad Santos. Hi, Trinidad. Hi, Don. So, like people all over the planet, we're talking about the war in Ukraine on this episode. Over the last several weeks, we've learned that California has a very deep connection with the Ukraine. For instance, the California National Guard has been doing joint exercises with the Ukrainian Armed Forces for nearly 30 years. A couple of weeks ago in the State of the State Address, Lieutenant Governor Elena Kunalakis explained that she got a chance to meet Ukrainian President Zelensky when he was in California just a couple of years ago. And we also learned that the Sacramento region has the largest concentration of Ukrainians in the United States. Right, Don. And a lot of them showed up recently at a rally here at the state capitol. Uh, Besides signs, Ukrainian flags, and speeches, there were a lot of songs uh, during the rally. One of the performers was Karina Kudina. That's who you hear singing in the background now. The song is called God, I Pray for Ukraine. Among the people in the crowd that day was the founder of Ukrainian American House. His name is Vlad Scotts. From his home in Sacramento, he was able to talk with us about his family back in Ukraine, among them his parents and his five brothers. He told us what he thinks of the state legislature's actions to support Ukraine and how we can all help the people suffering from the war. We'll hear from him shortly. Well, but first we're going to hear from Assemblymember Steve Bennett. He told us that Assembly Democrats are standing in solidarity with the Ukrainian people and they're doing so by, for instance, proposing legislation to divest the California pension funds, two of the world's largest investment funds, from all Russian companies. And they also passed a resolution condemning Russia's invasion. Mr. Bennett, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Can we start with the resolution? You explain a little bit about what it is, what it does, and what it means. Well, the, the resolution, you know, as I was just watching the, the events unfold, like everybody else has been doing on a daily basis, uh, it just felt like at a minimum, uh, the state of California, the representatives of the 40 million people in California, uh, we ought to add our voice to the voices in the rest of the world condemning uh, the atrocities that are going on in, in Ukraine. And so um, the resolution simply does that. It identifies uh, Putin, not the Russian people, Putin as the instigator of this, um, you know, and the, and the war machine that he uh, has absolute control over um, and uh, how inappropriate uh, it is, uh, but, most, but also uh, how inhumane it is for the people of Ukraine. The other thing that the, that the resolution tries to call out is the fact that this is going back to the days before World War II where it was sort of agreed that the mighty, you know, if you had the strength, you were allowed to take over the weak, that the strong could, could take over the weak. And that was happening around the world uh, before World War II. Uh, and uh, we, we, for 77 years, at least the world has tried to stay committed uh, to not letting that be the standard. And right now we're seeing that standard being reasserted. Um, and we should take a strong stand to keep that from happening because this is the closest parallel to the events that led up to World War II that we've had in the last 77 years. Um, and so for all those reasons, uh, uh, we did the resolution, but that's, those were all things that we called out in the resolution also. 
Raising our voices collectively to make sure we condemn the war in Ukraine, as the state legislature has done, uh, is, is, as you say, a worthwhile thing to add our voices to. Does it matter? Is it, does it have an impact? I think we have to recognize it is a small step, but it's not an insignificant step. Uh, so relative to the other things that have to happen, this, this doesn't uh, rank up there in terms of relative rank high. But again, it's not insignificant, and it's not insignificant because of the morale of the uh, people in Ukraine, um, it, you know, is improved when they know people are with them. And the fact that they uh, trained over here, that their president came here to California, for them to know that their friends in California and, and just that the population of California the representatives of the population in California were sending a message to them uh, has to be helpful. But the other thing I would, would offer to you is they have been helpful to us. They are inspiring us. They are motivating us. They are reminding us of the importance of democracies standing together against tyranny, against the strong taking over the weak, uh, against the things that started World War II in the first place. Uh, and so um, the resolutions also help send the message that they have inspired us to do the resolution, but also to uh, try to stand together with the other democracies and, and maintain world peace by maintaining the ethics and, and values and standards that we've lived under for the last 77 years, or at least attempted to live under. Very well put. Thank you, Assembly Member. So let's talk a little bit about Russian divestment. So. A lot of nations, including the U.S., have passed different legislation uh, regarding Russian divestments. Can you tell us a little bit about what is happening here in California and uh, why is it important? We have a bill that's coming from the Senate uh, calling for divestiture. Uh, we have large pension funds, uh, hundreds of billions of dollars in our pension funds. Um, and uh, we, could, we could, by joining with the rest of the world, have some impact on the Russian economy and therefore on Russia's ability to wage war. You're already seeing in Ukraine that the Russians have uh, old equipment, they have poor equipment, and it's uh, and poor training of their soldiers. So their war machine has been affected by uh, the sanctions that were imposed after the 2014 invasion of uh, Crimea, for example. In general, um, I think many of us have not been uh, very supportive of a product-by-product uh, product, uh, disinvestment uh, program, you know. Uh, you can you can take this uh, this this consumer good or that consumer good and say hey that's not healthy for people it just but this is the one time when I think divestiture does make sense it, it, there is a price to pay uh, with divestiture and that we uh, may not have the, 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 the as as good of return on our investment dollars as we may have had in a in a different situation but that is a small price for us to contribute to. Uh, avoiding the, 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 the reinstatement of the old conditions that led to World War II. You mentioned that there will be a price to pay for the Russian divestment. Maybe some people might be concerned what happens to them on an individual, on the individual level. So um, if CalPERS and CalSTRS have to sell Russian assets at a loss, will there be any change on the individual level to a person's CalPERS retirement plan, for example? 
Sure, sure. Theoretically, there could be. Uh, I don't think it would be a, a significant uh, a change, but theoretically, there could be. Uh, just like there are, you know, there are higher gas prices because of what we're doing with Russian oil, uh, and uh, we're we're seeing that. I think we have to ask ourselves: it, it it can't be that the Ukrainians are the only ones that pay a price, and they're paying a heavy price with their lives, with the disruption of their families, with the uh, the families being torn apart, uh, with the, their whole country being their infrastructure being destroyed. Uh, so if if the price we have to pay to support them is um, uh, you know some pain of higher gas prices and potentially a uh, of a small, uh, I think probably not significant change in, in the investment returns and therefore the ability to fund our pensions. Uh, we, we should be ready to pay some price uh, if we want to be the world leaders in terms of maintaining the peace that we've had uh, essentially uh, for the last 77 years. So uh, this is not gonna be pain-free and uh, we have to recognize that. Um, in regards to gas price, you mentioned, of course, we have a price to pay. Uh, there are rising gas costs. Can you tell us a little bit about what legislation is going on in California right now in regards to gas prices? Well, it, it, I, I know that the governor is is looking at this program with our legislative leaders, uh, and I certainly don't want to get in front of them in terms of what, what may come out of that. Uh, but there is a recognition that we want to try to do everything we can uh, here in the state of California to minimize uh, the impacts uh, of uh, the, the, the disruptions that are coming uh, with the supply chain in terms of oil and therefore the price of gasoline. But at the same time, we're going to try to minimize those. I don't want anybody to think that we will get the impacts down to zero. There will be, as I said before, a price that we will have to pay if we want to be supportive of a peaceful world order. You know, peace is something you earn. Uh, in, in, in the world. It's not something that is, uh, you know, a God-given uh, right. Uh, you, you have to work at it or else the strong will, will come and, and take over the weak and uh, you'll constantly be in these battles as, as people vie for power based just on their military strength. The Ukrainian population in Northern California is the largest outside of Ukraine. Um, and I wonder if we close things out here, if you have a message to the people here in the United States of Ukrainian descent, and for that matter, for all of the Ukrainians around the world. Well, a message for the Ukrainians in California and in, in the United States overall is uh, to help continue to inspire the rest of us. You have a, a, a bigger megaphone right now. People are going to listen to you more uh, and keep the pressure on. Uh, I think we can do more as a government, that we should do more uh, in terms of uh, the appropriate military equipment to give. Uh, uh, so uh, to the Ukrainian people, uh, help inspire our leaders at the national level uh, in particular uh, to do more to help the Ukrainians and to keep all of us motivated. It's been good for Americans to come together uh, almost everybody in America seems to be strongly supportive of uh, this effort and the efforts of the Ukrainians. And that's good for us. We need to bond on more things and the Ukrainian people here can help us make that uh, bond. 
Our thanks to Assemblymember Bennett for being part of this episode of Look West. Vlad Scott's five brothers and his parents still live in Ukraine. As the chair of Ukrainian American House, Scott's is helping Ukrainians and supporters find ways to get medical supplies and other needed relief to the war zone. He talked with us via Zoom. Thank you so much for being able to join us for making time for Look West. Uh, why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about why you're here. Thank you so much for having me. So I grew up in a small village in Ukraine in Western part. I immigrated to the United States uh, almost 21 years ago. I came here, I arrived here, I remember without parents, I was almost 22. Uh, without knowing English, without money. And I start my life here completely from the scratch. I remember my first job was uh, a janitor at the restaurant night shift. And after that, I worked in construction, delivery company, and later I start my um, own business. And after I, I realized that I'm successful. And um, so I greatly appreciate for all opportunities given me in this country because um, I, I have something to compare a pr a perspective here in the United States and in different countries. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for everything. And I realized that the um, United States, it's not perfect, but it's a great country. There is no any other country like, uh, like here to, uh, to found business, to, to develop something. And uh, that's how we start with our Ukrainian American house to promote business bilateral relationship between uh, businesses here in Sacramento, California, and uh, Ukraine. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, about what's going on in Ukraine? You've mentioned that your parents and your brothers are still in Ukraine. Uh, what what are they telling you about the situation in Ukraine? Yeah, I'm very well connected with the Ukraine. Uh, my parents there, my other five brothers in Ukraine, two of them in Kyiv. Uh, me personally, I'm very often in Ukraine, used to be like three, five times a year. Because I have office in Kyiv, in Odessa, Lviv, so I'm very well connected with, with the Ukraine. And uh, everything that happened there, it's, uh, it, it's very touchable for me and I assume for, for everybody. And uh, I stay in touch with Ukraine basically 24-7. I stay in touch with parents, with my brothers, and especially who's in Kyiv, with the multiple friends in, in Kyiv, in, uh, from Odessa, with some people connection lost, but I'm, I'm glad I stay in touch closely with my family. Uh, as of today, everybody alive. We don't know what will be tomorrow. It's very devastating and scary what is happening there. Because uh, to have better understanding, um, let's say Kyiv. Kyiv, it's a very big city. And uh, to compare Kyiv, uh, we can compare like San Francisco, New York, uh, some other big, big, uh, big cities. And it's it's very innovative uh, city. There's a lot of international companies, very popular English uh, language. And the life was um, like, like us here in the United States. Everybody was trying to do something, develop. Recently, there's we partnering with the American University in Kyiv. So it's, it's very busy. It's, it's, it's very like, innovative city. And just imagine at one morning at five, 4 a.m., everything flips off. And people totally lost. 
they don't know where they start. Because instead of uh, take kids to the school, instead of develop business, uh, people started to realize and uh, see on the roadmap where is closest bomb shelter. Uh, they started to realize uh, how not to die, where to run. People get scary, people get confused, and it's it's very devastating what's happening there in Kyiv and uh, in other um, cities in Kharkiv, uh, Mariupol. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to believe until today even. It's at one point you want to wake up and realize it was some terrible dream, but unfortunately it happened in here in this civilized world. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that no one should ever have to go through. And it's horrible that the people of Ukraine, like you said, that they're having to realize where's the nearest bomb shelter? How do I not die? That's, that's something that no one, no one should ever have to realize. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you would ask why, why people have this issue, why so many people dying today, innocent people. And sim uh, so there's a simple answer, because Ukraine wanna be free, because people of Ukraine wanna be independent. At one point they decided, we doesn't wanna live under Soviet Union propaganda, Russian. We wanna turn around, go towards education. We just, we don't like this style of life. We, we want our kids to live in more educated world. And some enemy, which is Putin, Russian president, he decided because of his geopolitical ambitions, oh, you know, people, if you want to be free, if you want to be independent, I just destroy you. I just, I just destroy your country. Uh, and it, it's happening. And, and it's very scary because we are dealing with one nuclear weapon country. If nobody stopped Putin over there in Ukraine, he'll go farther to other countries. He might bring damage to United States. So that's why this, this issue, it's not only a local issue, local problem for the Ukraine, but, but for for whole world. The countries, they, some, they have to develop some sort of uh, policy because as we see Putin uh, at the power over the 20 years. So there's no, no democracy, there is no, uh, election system and this like former KGB agent he just got at the power over there, there in Russia and whole uh, Russian media whole Russian propaganda they brainwash Russian people that whole world against us only we are right on all this earth there's uh, Europe Union they they just crazy people United States our number one enemy and even today, what's happening in Ukraine, good, good majority of Russian people, they just sitting quietly because they bought this, this propaganda what is, was in Russia. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so the California Assembly passed a resolution um, condemning the attack by Russia on Ukraine and standing with Ukraine. What do you think about this? Uh, what do you think are the implications of this? Why is this uh, resolution important? I mean, I think it's important because in solidarity in Ukraine, any position, it, it's from California, from any business, it's it, it just right. It, it's first, it's support for the Ukraine. 
and which is support for Ukraine, which is support for the international law, for the democracy. And also it's uh, other lesson to other people who violate this, uh, this international law democracy, because if Russia violate this, they should pay price. And if Russia violate all this, they do not deserve privilege of business with the United States, with the United government. And uh, I'm totally for it, I support it. And uh, because even those Russian people who keep silent today uh, with, with all those uh, crime that Putin doing, they're accomplice of this. So I'm very, very greatly appreciated the United States and the states differently, and especially in California, they, they support the solidarity in Ukraine um, and they, they are helping to, to solve this uh, issue. Yeah, I think something that's also important that California, as well as other countries around the world that are doing to show solidarity is uh, the divestment of Russian assets. Uh, what do you think about that? I think that's exactly right way. It's definitely will work on the long term. All those like sanctions, other people will realize. And of course, those people will pay very big price. So sanctions, definitely it's, uh, it's right move and right way. Unfortunately, it's not enough on the short term to invade, to prevent invasion. This uh, Russian invasion, like full uh, war going on in Ukraine today, tomorrow. So it, those sanctions won't help in short period how to stop Russian invasion, but definitely it's right more move with support. And uh, here in California, particularly in Sacramento, we have the biggest Ukraine diaspora in the United States. So we are grateful. We thank you to our legislators uh, for, for their support and uh, we are totally for it. Something else that happened is that the Department of Homeland Security announced that the Ukraine will be designated for temporary protected status for 18 months. Do you want to explain to us uh, what, what is TPS and what does it mean for Ukrainians? Yeah, it's very big help for those people who visit United States for some reason. I don't know, it was maybe just visit relative, something else, but they stuck here. So this chance, they will give them opportunity to stay here for next uh, 18 months, if I'm not mistaken. So they can send kids to the school, they can work, they, they, they can survive because if, if not this extension, they just basically stuck. There's no place to, to, to go. Yes, I, I hope that this is something that will be, be helpful to a lot of Ukrainian families. Okay, and you are the chair of the Ukrainian American House. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your organization? Uh, how are you helping Ukrainians right now? Uh, main purpose was to be focusing on the business, education. Uh, we were not prepared to deal with those uh, humanitarian and war stuff. And first few days, we just confused, we were lost, we just stuck what to do, how to help. And probably as a mostly people uh, still under shock that uh, because nobody expected full invasion. We, we, I saw that Putin crazy, he lost his mind and I expect there's gonna be some invasion, but I, I had hope we'll be on the, somewhere on the East part of Ukraine, but the full invasion, I would never predict that. Uh, so we just united whole, um, 
Ukrainian American businesses here in California, in Sacramento, and in the United States, we reach out our friends in Ukraine. Uh, first step, we we basically donate them because whole logistic industry it's, it's not working at this moment. And the biggest and more efficient way we just donate money and they can purchase um, med medical medicine stuff over there from the Poland or other countries around. But I see there's gonna be problems soon probably if this conflict delay for next few weeks, they will be out of supply there. So on our end, we are working with, to establish some accounts so we'll be able to send some uh, medical supplies there. Also on local level, we are working with our legislators, uh, state and federal uh, to see if there's some additional sanctions can impose uh, on Russia. And uh, we also talking to different legislators uh, asking to uh, generate some asylum program for the Ukrainians. Because here in Sacramento, we have a very big Ukrainian diaspora. And also many Ukrainians, uh, people stuck outside of Ukraine, in Poland, other countries. And we are getting multiple requests from Ukrainians from Sacramento. They are willing to share houses to give them temporarily space to live. So it will be a very big help for if we, if we get these options to take those people to live here temporarily, or, or there's like close relatives to family reunion. So even maybe permanent uh, asylum here. I really hope in next next few weeks it will be it, it will be possible. Uh, we send this request to Senator Office uh, Alex Padilla and some other local uh, offices here, uh, patiently waiting for the response. We've talked a lot about how different legislations have provided help, how your organization has provided help. Do you want to tell our viewers how they, as average Californians, can help support Ukrainians during this time? Um, I'm very grateful to us all California American people, because me personally, I, our, our government is awesome, but I believe like civilians, people, they more touchable, they're, they care more, because even uh, moments like uh, our neighbor, uh, old gentleman, 80 plus years, he knocked at the door and we open, he says, here's 50 bucks. Can you pass it to, pass to your father there in Ukraine? And me personally, I'm getting hundreds of emails, calls from colleagues, everybody who knows me, they just trying to uh, support and offer, offer other support, what, what they can do. So I'm very grateful. Uh, as of today, the fastest way, if you have some charity, donate money, they can purchase some supplies there. And uh, if you can reach out to your legislator and ask them to provide this asylum program for the Ukrainian people who are stuck outside of Ukraine or trying to escape from war zone over there from Ukraine, it will be the biggest help. And also we register petition to start criminal investigation against Putin and his entire circle. If you can support this petition, you can find online. We would appreciate and grateful for that. Thanks to Blatt Scotts from Ukrainian American House. And thanks to Assemblymember Bennett for being on the episode as well. And of course, thanks to you, the Look West listeners. We appreciate you. I'm Don Andrews with Trinidad Santos, and you've been listening to Look West. Look West.
This is The Quest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats.